Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Marketing Trust. I am your host, Adam Buchanan. This is episode 30. And if you're just joining Marketing Trust for the first time, Marketing Trust is a framework that I came up with that is all about building more trust with your audience to retain your customers and drive more sales. It's a three-part system built upon honesty, proximity, and expertise through amplifying each three of these elements. I believe you can build more trust with your audience. And on this podcast, I try to interview experts in the field who are bringing great work to the market. And before I introduce our guest, I just want to introduce another segment that we are going to be doing that I did a while back. But I want to bring back, this is called Pick My Red Glasses. I get a lot of questions of people wanting to have lunch and hop on a call and share all their marketing questions and for me to answer them. So instead of picking my brain, you can pick my red glasses because I believe the good ideas I have are actually in my red glasses. So if you want to book that with me, go to my website under the About Me page. You'll see a little tab that says Pick My Red Glasses. You can send me a 90-second recording of your question, and I'll include it here on the podcast. Let's dive in to our show. I want to introduce... Our guest, Jason Yarborough. Yarby, welcome. What's happening, man? Good to be here. I'm so glad to have you on. This is something that's long overdue. You're someone that I look at as an expert. And thank you for having me. Thank, thanks Appreciate for that. having me have you. Yeah, I'm honored to be, be uh, alongside the red glasses. I'm hoping I can gain some strength from those red glasses, right? By, by proximity to these red glasses, I therefore can have some Samson-like strength as well. <laughs> uh, Jason is the Director of Strategic Alliances at PFL.com. Before we dive in, tell me a little bit about PFL and what you guys do. Sure. Yeah, so we are, we're an automated direct mail solution that allows you to basically seamlessly trigger the sending of a direct mail piece through your marketing automation technology. Right. We talk about delivering remarkable brand experiences through, you know, through technology, allowing you to coordinate your digital efforts with your offline efforts, meaning direct mail. And right now, with all the events being canceled and everyone being quarantined up, uh, direct mail is becoming a very hot topic to be able to send personalized, engaging marketing pieces and experiences to customers and prospects. And so we do it in an automated fashion with about as many clicks as it would take to send an email. You guys really are about personalization, which I think is something, especially right now as we dive into our topics here, is very, very important at this time. People need to feel that connection as we are all distanced from each other. So I, I think Absolutely. What, you, what you're bringing is, is something very unique. Are you sensing that as well, that people are kind of requesting that, trying to figure out how do I still stay connected? Yeah, absolutely. So what I do at PFL is I manage all of our partnerships with our tech partners, referral partners, agency partners. And a lot of these guys I do a lot of work with at events. So I go to a lot of these conferences, like next week's supposed to be Adobe Summit, supposed to be there. A lot of these guys are, we do a lot of these work work together, co-marketing work, events together, and they're now coming to me saying, since we don't have this face-to-face interaction, the ability to to create that in-person experience, Let's work together on how we can put some direct mail pieces out there to, to further, you know, um, further extend our brand experience to people that they would other, otherwise get a live event. 
So I've had a ton of calls this week about how can we make use of direct mail? How can we do something together that we could create an experience together on and just basically put something in people's hands? Before we really get into the questions here, I want to take some time and talk about your background. Where are you coming to us from and what are you most passionate about? Yeah, I mean, as far as states go, I'm almost, you know, neighbors with you. I'm up here in Montana. You're not too much different than, than Utah. We've got a few inches of snow on the ground, fresh snow from this morning. Been here about three years, and this, which is actually where PFL is headquartered. We're over in Livingston, Montana, which is about 25 minutes from Bozeman, which is where I live. Uh, love being here. Um, you know, one of the things I'm passionate about is, is being outdoors, you know, spending time outside with my family and, and playing. And that's, that's, it sounds funny, but that word play has become a big passion of mine on a personal level and a developmental level, so on and so forth. So being here and be having access to the great outdoors and these parks and forests and rivers stuff to play in has become a big piece of our life. As far as, you know, passions go, I, I, for me, it's about people. It's about building community, creating experiences, and being able to to really create create those elements and experiences that people can can share with each other, with their with their people and their families. Are you seeing a lot of people really get outdoors? Maybe more in the last week with the whole social distancing recommendation. Uh, it's funny. We um, so we live in a little neighborhood here, and we've we've taken a couple of walks. Don't tell the government. We've taken a few walks and you walk walk around and you see more people outside right now than you would typically see in the summertime. We're all just stuck inside. Everybody's wanting to get out. And Bozeman's very, as you know, Salt Lake in your area is very much an outdoor driven area. So you were seeing people that are just tired of being stuck inside, just sitting in their driveways. We had a happy hour in our driveway and all the neighbors passing by the other day. And a little guy was sitting out in the driveway and hanging out with us. We just got to get outdoors, man. Well, I hope you and your family are hanging in there and, and being healthy and, and uh, hopefully we'll get, we'll get through this. And if you're listening, I, I hope that you are healthy as well and safe and uh, thoughts going out. And so this, this is a difficult situation, something that for the next few episodes, we're going to be talking about uh, curious to hear experts in the field, kind of what they're seeing and you know, what, what they're seeing from brands, what they're seeing from their customers. So let's, let's dive in here on this situation amidst COVID-19. How do you see brands currently building and maintaining trust with their customers? Yeah, it's a good question. I think it's a great time in order to do that. And, you know, out the gate, you know, I think there's, there's two ways that I see brands really building and maintaining that trust, right? The first is when they really act with empathy and transparency first and foremost to their people, to their employees, right? I think that your employees are your front line. I mean, you can act with them empathy and, and transparency to them and where you are and what you're able to offer, then you've kind of created a winning solution and you're able to, to, to build that trust. And if your employees can trust you, then I think they're going to, they're going to take that and communicate it to their customers and prospects and they're in turn going to trust them and the brand and that, you know, it's, it's, I think it's 
falls in line with like acting to provide like the best solutions for your employees. If you're able to allow your employees to work from home, that says a lot that you really care about their their health and their safety right now, that you you believe in them enough and you empower them enough, you have enough trust in them to be able to do so. And I think a lot of this work from home stuff right now is comes down to a lot of employers don't know how to manage it. They don't trust it. But if you you know, if it's a culture that's not typically working from home and you're saying, let's, we got to do this. This is for your safety and sake. That, that shows that you're buying into them and you're trusting them. And, it, and, and also like those, I see quite a few companies that I work with or partner with that have really great internal culture, but they've been able to, to do an excellent job of turning that culture on its head and making it into a, a virtual culture and, and sharing that, you know, via LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it might be. You know, and the second is, you know, providing adequate, you know, communication and, and, and value to, to their customers and working with them during this time. I had a call to the software vendor yesterday and just kind of expressed everything to them where we're at and just kind of hoping for a little bit of, you know, help on some costs. And they were like, nah, no, I'm not doing it. I'm like, well, bro, we just laid off, you know, a significant portion of our workforce in a way I can afford. And they just didn't have any empathy or value in, in working with me. So that made it a little bit tough, but I have this, this whole model that I, I talk about in my talks that that thing has allows for brands if they utilize it right now to really build, build a good, good return, build good ROI with their, their marketing pieces. And my, my talk track is like if you value breach, trust, trust builds relationships, relationships equal ROI, right? If you're, if you're trusting your employees and you're providing value to your employees and your customers, then you're going to build a relationship that you've never built before. And if, if that's, if that happens then you're going to, that ROI will come. I think one struggle that a lot of companies face too, as you talk about the transition to working from home, is that had to happen basically overnight. I mean, it was like a light switch. I mean, absolutely. I, so in some ways, if companies were on the fence, I, I also look at the employee to, to really be, be able to show up and, and say, hey, if you trust me, I, I can really prove it. And I, I think in a lot of ways, this is kind of a trial period for a lot of employees. Uh, while it's difficult and it's, it's hard, um, th this is a trial for employees to really show up and, and build that trust back with, with their employers. I agree. And, and right now, it's, <clears throat> I keep finding this, this word transparency coming up in a lot of my conversations during this time is that, you know, it's, it's never been more important for, for corporate transparency. And I even wrote this in my handy dandy field notes magazine or notebook <laughs> that corporate transparency can turn into employee advocacy programs, right? There's a lot more transparency and humanists coming out from brands and we're really getting a chance to see who they really are at the core. And as more corporate transparency rolls out and you're more you know, transparent to your employees, those employees are going to you know, stand behind your, your rally cry, whatever that might be. And therefore, that corporate transparency can turn into really solid and strong employee advocacy programs for you. One thing is looking back, and you touched on this a little bit, what strategies do you think are really paying off right now for brands that they invested in? You know, Culture's not to be overlooked right now, especially when there's a lot of a lot of fear uh, amongst amongst companies and you know big companies with lots of you know employees are having to face hard decisions and making those layoffs and those that have you know built in a cult culture of trust and you know, empowering and you know to a certain sense care and love like 
you'll find that I think if you're to make layoffs, they'll be more apt to to understand and be bought in. Um, if you create a good culture that empowers people and allows for that value and trust to be established and built as they're doing something new, like working from home, they're going to be more apt to, to provide more solid efforts and work harder on your behalf. You know, I think it allows them to, to take the brand vision and run with it on their own because they're not around the, the employees anymore, but they understand the culture and they bought into the culture. Yeah. And, and I think that's, so critical right now because if people are working from home they can still relay the advocacy to their customers and still keep that going if it wasn't there to begin with i think that would be really hard to rip people out of an office Mm -hmm. where it's it's like okay there's that visual and physical unity now i'm alone i've got my kids running around doing homeschool which i've never done before my spouse is juggling as well whether it be a job or just wrangling kids. I know my wife, she's wrangling our four kiddos. And we only have one and it's hard enough here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And she's coming to me. She's like, Hey, can I borrow your, your, your zoom login? I I need to meet with some people. And I'm just like, yeah, so it's, it's a total juggle right now. And so if that culture isn't there, everything is against us right now. Distractions, stress here in Utah, we just had an earthquake last week. Uh, It's, we have to lean on those core values that that core culture and that really is so so critical the use of video right now has increased uh, immensely i was looking at the stock price of zoom which is the, like up 30 yeah, percent which is what i you know what we're using to record this podcast what advice do you have for brands using video now yeah that's I mean, it's never been more important. I think you, people like you, myself, and a few of our friends have been talking, you know, video, 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 and now it's all come to, you know, to the, it's come bubbling to the top real quick, and you're forced to be there. And, you know, in order to to really launch into video, I, I think it's going to come down to two of the things you mentioned in the beginning of what this podcast is built on, right? It's that honesty and that expertise. And what I mentioned as well, transparency. So when you start launching into these video campaigns, it can be, it can be daunting. I mean, it could be <clears throat> a little bit scary to jump into this, you know, what are you going to say? Who's going to listen? What are you going to do? And you got to really break it down to, to know, you know, what's, what's the story, really understanding your story, understanding who you're talking to and being able to pull them into an experience around your story and just being honest and transparent about it. Right. No one really wants to see, you know, someone who's uncomfortable on camera talking for 30 minutes and just rambling, you know, find somebody who's, who's comfortable on camera within your, your company, empower them, you know, provide them with the right resources and tools available and, you know, make sure that they understand, you know, as much about the, the vision, the brand, the product as possible and, and say, Hey, let's, let's really work on, you know, as Brian Fanta says, pressing the damn button. Yeah. I, been giving a lot of advice to people too on how to use their iPhones to record because we can't just necessarily run out, go buy all this equipment, set up a sure. studio in someone's house and have, you know, a five to 10 video crew appear at the CEO's house and, and start creating videos. So, you know, one tip for those that are listening, go to your settings on your iPhone, make sure it is set to the highest quality possible. 
we did hear from YouTube today, I got this update that they are downgrading everything to a standard um, video quality because they're trying to save, you know, streaming. bandwidth and streaming. Yeah. It's because they're seeing unprecedented activity right now, which uh, on that turn too, if you're thinking of, you know, pushing out possibly a YouTube channel, now is a really good time to kind of roll with those punches and, and get that video content out there. Uh, it's, it's a difficult time, but there's also a time for opportunity if done correctly and, and not done in a tone deaf uh, way. Yeah. And there's, there's never been an easier time. Like you're saying, like the, the, I've got some YouTube videos up and a lot of the first 20, I think I shot on my iPhone. They're some of my favorite ones, right? It's easy. You can, you can buy like a little simple Joby gorilla pod for your phone to, to set up, or you can even set up on some books. I, I, I shot a lot of my last YouTube video with my iPhone. I, would, I ended up setting it in a branch of a tree. So, you know, the tools are not really a thing, but the big stuff for me is like, you know, focus on the story, you know, bring us into the experience of what it's like to, to work with your company. I just did a video on, on LinkedIn two weeks ago called the mail moment. We, we deliver direct mail. Right. And so we, we have something that we call the mail moment that three minutes of your day, we'll call it where you stop and you, Look at what you've got in the mail, whether it's a package, an envelope, a flyer, whatever. That's three minutes of dedicated time. So I did a video explaining that mail moment and the nostalgia of that moment and kind of where, where it stems from, you know, what we're doing to, you know, quote unquote, utilize that moment for a marketing strategy. So I brought them into that experience of what we're doing, what we're providing. And I kind of went the extra step as well and, and wore my dad's old uh a postal service uniform. He was a mailman for 35 years. So oh, wow. I created that experience around that video of, of mail. One video I just pushed out as well myself, uh, Ann Hanley, who you yeah. know very yeah. well, she asked about my vintage trailer. And I was like, you know, the, the best way to do this is just through a quick video. So I did like a seven minute video on my iPhone and just walked around the outside, the inside. We, me and my wife renovated this vintage trailer a couple of years ago. It was a lot of fun and just kind of talked through what we learned. And it was all shot on, on my iPhone and pushed on YouTube. Honestly, I, I rewatched it and I was like, wait, which camera did I take that with? Was that my right. Canon or was that my iPhone? Like I actually forgot. And iPhones just, you know, I've got the, the 10 or 11 or the one with nine cameras on the, the back and it, uh, turned out amazing so and that was with the selfie camera too that was it facing oh, wow. me, which i know is a little bit less so keep that in mind if you're listening and you're wondering how do i navigate video because you've got to activate it quick and, and be be very uh thoughtful of it as well what? Yeah, the, the last point is like it's, it's being consistent with it right if you're going to create that content let it be let it be viewed as a as a new or you know growing content stream and you're just being consistent with what you're putting out there. If you need to, you know, craft out a content calendar, do a video every Tuesday or Thursday and just craft out, you know, three months worth of videos that you can shoot and stories you can tell. It's easier said than done too. I mean, a lot of clients that I consult with, you know, we, we share that all the time and the ones that actually stick to it and the ones that say, okay, I'm going to show up, I'm going to stay consistent. They, they kind of rule the world. I mean, they, that's how they're maintaining and building that trust. The ones that come and go and stop. And, and even myself, I, you know, I've struggled with that consistency. I made a cardinal rule on my last video too, with this uh, vintage trailer tour. I didn't have my red glasses on. Oh no. So to, I know. I know. How did you even get through the video, Adam? Did, I don't know how you, the, 
did the video even happen? I mean, honestly, uh, what do you think, what brands do you think are currently managing this situation? Well, that's, that's a tough question. There's a, there's a lot of brands. I think more brands I'm seeing not handling it. Well, I guess they're just overwhelming us with their stuff. It's like they've, they've chosen the path of doing more instead of pulling back and doing less in a more empathetic and, you know, transparent way. But I was really impressed with, with a few brands that I've seen post stuff like Uber Eats in particular. You know, right now we're, we're locked down. You know, we've heard Bose maybe be going to a lockdown as well. Small town as we are, it's wild to think. But Uber Eats is here and they offer free delivery for people to stay home. Right. And there's a, there's like small businesses that are really rallying to, to fight for their life right now and doing some really great work. There's a, one of my favorite local breweries here in map, you know, you, you can call them up, get them online. They'll, they'll, they'll deliver to your door. Right. So some of these local businesses that are getting creative and how they're delivering their product and their materials to you are, are really stepping up and being impressive. But Uber eats impressed with what they're offering through their free delivery. They don't have to do that. This could be a time where they can make bukus of money, but they're saying, you know what, we're all in this together. So let's offer some free delivery. You know, Delta has been, been really putting some good stuff out there. Their CEO at Bashan has just been, he's super transparent. You know, he's, he's living it. He's, you know, showing, showing honesty with the brand, you know, providing, we've had a lot of canceled Delta flights at PFL. Most of my team was able to, to get money back which is unheard of from an airline or a lot of people just got credits because we're going to use it anyway. You know, then there's um, Adobe, right? They've discounted prices. They've made it available for people that don't, don't aren't able to get it like students, you know, so I, I'm, I'm enjoying seeing brands that really could be stepping up and flooding their, their bank accounts with more money because it's, they, they need this software, but they're saying, you know what, we're on this together. So we're going to provide the best solution possible so that you can continue your life and, and be in a good spot. You hit on something about price gouging. And I think it's so important that we're not seeing it. I, I don't see it. I don't, I, I really don't. Uh, one thing I've been noticing even just on like a more personal level is I've been trying to build out a home gym in my basement. Uh, I haven't worked out very much and I'm kind of off my game and the prices for home gym products are actually kind of staying the same. I mean, at a time where a lot of these suppliers could be like, yeah, I'm going to double this. Like you want to build a home gym, boom, it's, it's going to triple price or whatever is just not happening. And so I think I feel this humanity coming around the world from all angles. And so it's really critical to, to keep that up. Uh, however, it relates to your business. Yeah. I mean, it's just that it's, it's back to what you're saying. It's honestly in proximity to, to, to where we are and where we're, we're all facing and it's being transparent and focusing on the, the customer relationship over everything. Right. And I think for me, if you, if you really focus on, you know, building that relationship and the, the user experience, you've, you're going to win all day. I hope this situation subsides. I, I hope we can get through it. Looking back, what is your, um, what is your, I guess, prediction of, from a marketing perspective of, of how we're going to look back at this time? I saw someone post the other day that we're in a virtual renaissance and I was like, that's actually, that's pretty good. It's accurate. <laughs> it's, uh, we're going to, it's this whole work from home thing. It's this whole virtualness of everything. And, you know, we're going to see more companies understand, realize, and make use of 
more intelligent tech stacks, right? They're going to find the technology that's going to work best for them to provide this, to, to provide the ability to reach their customers and in, in to, to where they are. Because what we're finding right now is we're not, a lot of us aren't set up to reach co companies and customers where they are, meaning work from home, meaning virtual, right? So, the, but there's tech and there's, resources available for all that. So I think companies are now being forced to look at what proper technology they're using to be able to, to win better as a team and as a group. And I think we're going to see this whole virtualness of everything become more of a, of a solution where we're going to see more opportunities open up to, to create these virtual experiences in a more meaningful and engaging way. Right now there's, they're just kind of all the same, but I'm, I'm banking on someone creating an experience that, makes it a little more meaningful. One of my favorite products from, gosh, it was quite a few years ago, was was called Google Helpouts. Do you remember this? Helpouts? I don't remember that one. Okay, it was only up for maybe six months and they, they shut the program down. I was so bummed that they did. Basically, it was a way for retailers to have their customer service staff have video chats with customers. And so huh. someone could log in to a Google help out and say, I want to talk to an expert at Home Depot and Home Depot, Best Buy. And there was another retailer that was participating. I scheduled one and I needed help with something at my house. And I was able to show him on camera what I was struggling with. And he's like, yep, you need this, this, and this. I'm sending you links to buy it. Uh, let me know if you have any other questions. I mean, we spent 15, 20 minutes together. That's great. And I was like, this is incredible. And they shut down the program. I, I don't know if it was easily adopted or people are struggling logging on. I think with technology now with phone quality and all that, I think that can possibly be brought back. I have a real estate client right now with new home builds and they are kind of nervous and as they should be. But I said, you need to train your sales staff on how to use video, do quick calls, video tours, right this is a time for us to step up and say, gosh, all this technology has been sitting on my smartphone this whole time. Let's, let's activate it. This is the time uh, we, we've got to be hungry and, and uh, really do our best right now. So I, I think that's kind of along those lines you're saying is we're going to look back and say, wow, I, I had to get scrappy. I mean, I, one friend I follow, I interviewed him on the podcast quite a few episodes ago, is Adam Barker Photography, really good friend of mine, an incredible photographer in Utah. And I just saw a video he just did on his Facebook page. He's like, hey, I'm selling prints right now. You know, here's the details, here's the shipping, here's the cost. And I was like, good on you, man, because I'm sure travel, you know, with how it's been kind of canceled and shut down, that, that affects his on-site shoots. Yeah. I think you're right on. Like everybody's having forced to get scrappy. Like I think about my wife's company. They're, they're they do some big time work, but you know they're they're having to get scrappy now. I mean, they've got you know the money for resources, but they're finding themselves having to get scrappy too because everything is just kind of at a standstill. Or everyone's hit the pause button on their their budgets, their marketing budgets, and so we're all having to get scrappy and how we create engagement. You know how we you know continue to, to take people through our funnels and and create some sort of return on our efforts out there. So scrappy is the the word of the time right now absolutely well thank you so much for joining me on this episode this is jason yarborough yarborough yarby <laughs> it's a little confusing what, what, what do we call this guy i don't know what he even knows really go with yarby i i like that that nickname that you, that you have 
Uh, before we end, I want to play a little game that I play with all my guests called Name That Handle. <laughs> this is a game where I give you one word clues about someone you are connected with on social media. And I like to see people score oh boy. Moments, by the way. I, 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 yeah, and you can hear it in your voice. It's like, oh dear, am I, am I about to lose a friendship? Do I, do I need to pull up Twitter and uh, click on my, all my followers link to scroll through real fast? You better. I mean, you, <laughs> you know, this is an open notes test. Uh, so I'm going to give you one word clues. <laughs> are, are you ready to play Name That Handle? Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go blind on this. I'm not even going to open my Twitter or Instagram. Wow. Whatever, whatever comes to mind first. If I know them, I'll say it. But chances are you might have picked someone I don't know. So we'll see. All right. Here we go. First clue is timeless. Timeless. Abigail Spencer? No. <laughs> but I don't even know if I follow like her online. Sounds like uh, timeless. You, have a, you have a few people gonna, that are timeless. Timeless, I'm going to have to go with uh, – Are we now let's talk about social, me social media channels here. Are we talking all of them, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or just one in particular? Like where are you pulling these from? This is going to make a big it's, difference. You know, it's so synonymous now. I, I, <laughs> I, I'll give you the hint that it is Twitter, but okay. it, it's – you know, everything is so syndicated nowadays. Timeless on Twitter. I'm gonna have to go with my wife, Samantha Yarbrough. No, gosh, you you have some timeless connections here. Well, the Abigail Spencer, she she was in a show called Timeless, and I do happen to know her, so I didn't know if I followed her on Twitter or not. Got it. Okay. Are you ready for the next clue? But do I do I get the answers at the end? Like, what what? How does this work? I, I just keep giving you one word one word clues, oh, okay. and okay. then you know. And then you're you're graded on how how well you know people, and you get a point system, and it's redeemable. Somehow, <laughs> I gotta come up with a system. Not so. Okay. Next one word clue is timely. Timely. Hmm. And if, and if you need another one, you just you know. Are these all the same person with these one word clues? Oh yeah, all the all the same person. Oh, okay. Timely. If, if you really um, can't get it after so many guesses, I'll just start telling you their last name. <laughs> you may have to do that because I don't, I don't know how many people I follow on Twitter, to be honest. I got, I'm not sure how okay. many, what the Rolodex I'm going through here is. Uh, timely. Um, I've got another one. Savannah Sorry. Peterson. Oh, no. Okay. Give me the Ready next for, one. I think you'll get it with this one. Bow tie. Hmm. Well, that could be a couple people that I know, but I'm guessing Sebastian. No. Oh, wow. oh, Scott, Scott, Scott Monty. That's Scott it. Monty. There it is. Timely. I understand now. <laughs> Timeless and timely is what is. I understand. I get it now. It, it's his uh, Twitter header. Yeah. So. For those listening, make sure to follow Scott Monty. It's it's just Scott at Scott Monty, all, all one word. He's a really strong mind in, in in marketing. You can subscribe to his newsletter. Uh, guess what it's called? Timeless. Timeless. <laughs> it's called. So you can do that at smonty.co forward slash timeless. Uh, Scott Monty is is a good individual. How do you one know Scott? Best. Have you have you met, you've met him quite a few times, right? You guys. Oh yeah. So I, I used to um, 
help Jason Keith manage Social Fresh. And Scott was one of our recurring speakers, or one of our podcast guests, a contributor to the blog. So I've been around Scott for quite some time now, and now I'm lucky enough to run into him at all the events that he's keynoting that I'm a part of. So I've been around Scott for quite some time. Great. Well, thank you so much. Uh, this has been Jason Yarborough. Follow him on Twitter at Yarby. There it is. There it is. Simple, Easy enough. Right? Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. Y-A-R-B-Y. Follow what he's doing at PFL. Follow his videos. He is very talented. If you want to emulate someone who's doing a great job with video and you need a little bit of a guiding beacon, watch what he's doing. He's doing an awesome job. Thanks so much. And to wrap up this episode, thank you. And want to let you know the Marketing Trust is now on Spotify. And I am excited that people can follow and subscribe there. Please leave reviews and share if the Marketing Trust content is helpful to you. I would be so grateful, especially at this time. I, any any uh, little boost of getting some recognition on the Marketing Trust, what we're doing on here, is very, very helpful. So thank you for that. Thank you for listening. And we will catch you next time. I got a few submissions for Pick My Red Glasses. So here is two, one from Ryan and my friend Jill. Adam, what's happening? All right, I got a question for you. So we have a brand, Drift Goods, uh, drift.co, if you're interested. We sell car air fresheners and uh, home room sprays. Um, we've been spending about $100,000 a month in social ad spend. And obviously with everything that's going on right now, we haven't been able to see as good of a return on that. We've had to scale it back. So I'm wondering what tips do you have for brands that are affected in the way that people have different habits now, that they're not commuting in their cars, those types of things. Are there ways we can get creative um, to still acquire customers? And what can we do for existing customers as well? So Ryan, I looked at your brand. It looks really interesting. And it looks like you even have creative on the, the homepage for the car freshener. One thing I would do is as you're driving content and traffic to that site, switch that creative so it doesn't feel so focused on the, the auto. That way people know you actually have two other products. You have a room spray and then you have your other product that looks like it can go anywhere. I think right now it's really important to look at messaging and see is there anything out there that really should, should not be said and, and back off a lot of those automated emails even. Uh, I heard on Twitter some people were saying, I'm getting birthday emails from brands and, and they just, you know, are super tone deaf. So that's one side of, of the creative side. In terms of spend, I would just really narrow down and test a lot of different targeting, uh, competitive lookalikes, look at um, your retargeting and your prospecting and really identify, okay, what targeting are, are actually driving volume where people are saying, yeah, I, you know, I do need this. Yes, they are driving less but you might have products for the home that you know people would be interested in. I know you guys have the, the gift cards. We've seen a lot of that right now. People are talking about go buy gift cards, go buy gift cards. Truthfully though, you know that only works for so long and people are emotional right now. They're struggling right now. It's, it's a difficult time. And so I actually wouldn't push the gift cards so much. I, in, in your case, I mean, you guys are shipping uh, one thing that would also be important to tell is if there's delays with your orders or if they're on time. I think that's a big question right now. People hanging on to their dollar a little bit tighter. 
even looking at Amazon, they're explaining if there is a delay or not, you know, with shipping. So keep that in mind. Best of luck to you, my man. Hey, Adam, this is Jill. I'm starting to notice in several of the people that I email back and forth with that in their email signature line after their name, their title, and their website, phone number, etc., they're starting to add some of their business offerings. What do you think about that? Do you think that's spammy? Do you think that's too aggressive? Do you think that's a good idea? And if you do think it's a good idea, what is the best way to list those offerings? So it's clear, concise, and doesn't make the email signature line look like a blog post. Jill brings up a really good point here. And I think this is the best practice at all times. And one of the best email signatures I've ever seen is by one of my business coaches, Chris Rudolph. I really like it because it's very concise and he also sets a very clear boundary in his email of when he checks emails, when you can expect a response, things like that. So really enjoy Chris's approach. The other thing I've seen too is people focusing on one product offering and then they will put that in their email signature. Uh, the other example I see of this is Jay Bear. If he's pushing and focusing on a podcast, that'll be in the email signature. If it's something where it's focusing on a download of a, a recent ebook or a case study, those are all great, but don't feel like you have to put everything in there because we all have a lot of different stories we wanna tell. I would recommend focusing on one. In my particular email, I, I have my website, but I also have a, a clear hyperlinked call to action that says listen to the Marketing Trust podcast on iTunes. Really good question though. I think the big thing you wanna avoid is not sending people to too many places. Like follow me on Facebook, connect on Twitter. Truthfully, if they're emailing you, you probably already have somewhat of a solid relationship and you don't need to send them all over the place. Send them where you really want to send them and that might be a landing page where it talks about a few of your offerings or one product offering that you really want to focus on. I hope these answers helped you. If you've got questions, make sure to pick my red glasses. Go to my website, adamcbuchanan.com. Click on the About Me dropdown, and there'll be a little tab there that says Pick My Red Glasses to submit your voice recording and ask your question.